I'll be home in the morning. Where are you going? I'm staying over at Susie's tonight. What's new? The flyer. The papers call him the grabber. I wish you wouldn't call him that. You don't actually believe that story, do you? Because he can't hear you, and he doesn't really take kids that safe. Well, isn't that just peachy king? You need some help? You see that? Yeah. <laughs> Would you hand me my hat? Yes, sir. I am a part-time magician. Are those black balloons in there? Would you like to see a magic trick? I have an announcement to make. One of our students, Finney Blake, was abducted. What if I could help the police find Finney? to the Cinemania World Podcast, everyone. My name is Dwayne, and today we have another episode where we have a movie review for Scott Derrickson's The Black Phone. This is a new film coming from Universal Studios. Without further ado, I am joined by some special guests from the Cinemania World team. First, we have Alex. Alex, hello. What up, what up, Cinemaniacs? Welcome back to the Cinemania World Podcast. How you doing, man? How's everything? What's going on? I want some peanut butter butter pops. You're playing that damn Corey game. That's why you <laughs> Yeah. I want, <laughs> I, want to like, I want the recipe. Come on. <laughs> You're also joined from the Cinemania World team and the Box Office Report show. We have Larry. Larry, hello. Hey. How you doing? Yeah, I'm here. Larry. Wow. Short oh. and subtle. Oh. <laughs> 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 um, Alright everyone, we are here to be di- to discuss Scott Derrickson's new horror film titled The Black Foam 
Uh, it is from Blumhouse Studio, well, Blumhouse Pictures. All right, and it stars Ethan Hawke, and the bio is as follows. After being abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement, a 13-year-old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from the killer's previous victims. Um, the cast right now that I have is Mason Thames as Finney, Madeline McGraw as Gwen, and Ethan Hawke as the grapper. Um, all right, let's go around, get some uh, general thoughts real quick for the movie before we dive fully in. I'll go to you, Larry. What did you think about the black phone? I really liked it, which isn't that big of a shock because I actually really like Exorcism of Emily Rose, and I love Sinister, and I enjoy Doctor Strange as well. So you know, there's a there's a miss in there. Then the devil, Mm-mm, no, yep, yep. But um, <laughs> otherwise, I think Derrickson's a pretty consistently solid director. He knows how to build atmosphere really, really well, and that was particularly evident before in Sinister. And he brings that same horror atmosphere, this like creepy vibe well to the black phone as well the mm-hmm. acting is amazing and certainly elevates the material but yeah i don't know if it's like groundbreaking revolutionary style horror but it's certainly one of the best like horror thrillers i've seen in in quite some time to be honest i was gonna ask you what's the miss and i didn't realize realize he did deliver us from De- evil yeah deliver us from Oof, evil. i forgot about that yeah movie. a movie i blind bought and then watched it i was like that was boring my mother and i actually went to go see that movie Oof. and i remember Oof. when did that come out it's just like 2013 or something yeah it was yeah. it was shortly yeah. after it was, was the one before, after sinister that was before i was like a movie buff so like if yeah. i if like a casual Dwayne could be like uh-uh like, you know, then yeah. something's up. Something's <laughs> exactly. up. Yeah. Um, but besides that, I'm a huge Scott Derrickson fan uh, as well. Sinister is in my top 10 horror movies. Um, I absolutely love it. I watch it every single year when I can. Um, and then, of course, his other his uh, other films are pretty good as far as the exorcism of Emily Rose. And then you have Doctor Strange. It's like, I don't really feel like that's his movie, so... It's a you know it's it's one of those pro- studio produced kind of films, mm-hmm. um, so but I am a big fan of his. So going into this, I was super excited to see a new kind of concept from him, um, you know, along with the Blumhouse title, you know, cause, because it, when you put them together, they just seem like they could they come out with some pretty good stuff. So um, and he's and so far for me, he's coming off of Sinister, so um, I was super excited to get into this film. And super glad that it, it delivered 100% for me. But uh, let's go to you, Alex. What did you think of The Black Phone? Yeah, I thought that this was uh, actually one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, it really captured, like Larry said, a lot of atmosphere. There's something about horror movies set in like the 60s or the 70s that terrify me even more um, than if they were set in the present day. So I think that that added a little bit of uh, tension to the movie as well. I loved both... Um, um, is it Mason Thames? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Madeline McGraw or McGraw. Madison mm-hmm. or Madison McGraw. Uh, I actually thought she was the best part. Uh, minor spoilers, but like she actually added some comic relief when she's just like, Jesus, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so those are some of my favorite parts of the movie. Uh, there's one element that didn't really sit well with me, and we could talk about that in our negatives. Uh, but overall, I thought it was a very tension-filled horror film. Really, really proved why Scott Derrickson 
can continue to scare the shit out of us. I mean, that lawnmower scene in Sinister. Never watching that movie again, by the way. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) Too too fucking scary. Um, But yeah, no, this proves that he still got it as a horror director. He's going to have misfires here and there, but this is definitely one of his better ones that I've seen. And uh, I can't wait to see what he does next after this. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, yeah, well, like I said, I was a hu- I'm a huge fan of of his work. Uh, so when I saw the trailer for this, I was already interested. But um, going into the going into the film and the theater I saw it in, it was like the stereo was really really good and the bass was good. Mm. So all of those scares really jumped out on screen. Um, so I thought I thought everything worked there as far as like the atmosphere, like Larry said, and building up the tension. Yeah. Um, I was. They do like a stylistic thing in the beginning that I I, I, I kind of was, we'll get into that, into like negatives and stuff, but I kind of didn't really, because it kind of, it's a little bit of, it's, it's a kind of, it's kind of like spoilerish too. Yeah. Um, but the movie as a whole, the way it looks, I really enjoyed. Uh, Ethan Hawke, I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. There are some people who are like, oh, he's like wasted. He's doing this. I thought he was excellent. Um, I loved yes. his work. Um, I thought he was very creepy. I'm really, I was really happy to see him working with Scott Derrickson again because the last time they were in a, they did a film together, they were like, he was like the family man and like you know the average kind of you know uh, person in that movie. So to go from that to being like this creepy, um, this creepy terrible like kidnapper, I thought it was really really good. Um, so let's go into some of Ethan Hawke. Larry, what did you think about his performance? Oh yeah, I thought he was fantastic. It it's really a tough performance to sell to, in some ways because in in like lesser hands, those masks are so well designed they are, yeah. that yeah, they are. you basically don't have to do much work as the actor because those masks are so creepy that they're gonna bring what you need. But yeah. Ethan Hawke is so talented; he doesn't just rely on a creepy mask. He fully embodies this really quietly sinister uh, person in this film. And every time he enters that room, whether it's his voice inflections, he doesn't even have to really be saying anything that's like outwardly disturbing. Right. Oh, he just brings this presence. The acting in just his eyes, because that's mostly what we can see, is so good. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought he was really fantastic here. I like seeing this uh, villainous role Ethan Hawke that we've gotten in 2022. He's, He's villaining it up. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think uh, it was. I wanted to know, like, I, like going into the when the movie was like continuing. I just wanted to, to know more about him as the character. Like, I noticed that he has like a wedding ring. I wanted to learn more about that a little bit, and like his ideologies, because there's like the mask. It plays a huge part of his kind of his character as far as like. When it's removed, when it's on him, there's like a thing where he could take half of it off and stuff. Yep, like, yep. you know, all this the symbolism that came with the mask. I wanted uh, to know more about that. I know this was like a, I don't know if this was like a short story or a film, and then it got adapted into a into a movie. I know it definitely got adapted from something. It's yeah, a, yeah. Um, so from Stephen King's son. 
Yeah, so I wanted to uh I wanted to see I wanted to learn more about that, you know, as far as like what is the like what is the the you know what's behind this mask as far as like you know what does it symbolize and stuff it, besides it being like a really creepy mask to scare children and stuff like that like right. um I enjoyed that and it's a it's it's one of those movies too where like you know the production of the movie is so well done because it's not like they have a they, it, the movie had like crazy crazy like production costs or anything most of the film takes place in the small town and especially in this soundproof basement um and i thought the child actors here have to be really good too like even the kids who do get killed those those child actors were also really really well done as well um so i think having all of that plus ethan hawk plus this like this you know incredible kind of atmosphere and production really really helped the film it's it's, it's definitely one of my favorites of the year uh so far alex how about you uh regarding like ethan hawk and everything yeah he creeped the shit out of me it was because he could mostly pull apart like different pieces of the mask but i don't know if i was the only one that noticed this but to me it seemed like i don't know if it was because it was depending on his character's mood or if he just Mm -hmm. did it to be more creepy but i thought he did something with his voice where he changed like the tone of his voice at some times I don't know if it was just me that noticed that, where he'd be like, oh, like, you're having, like, a sad day, that's all right. And then there would be another moment where he he would literally go higher in pitch with what sounded like when he was more angry, you know? Um, I don't, like, again, I don't know if I'm the only one that noticed that, but I thought that that boosted that character significantly. Um, And the masks, I thought, too. I thought, I kind of read into, like, him putting the whole mask on or having part of the mask on is part is like adapting to part of that mood too. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean for, for a performance that's mostly behind a mask, that was pretty, That I mean, it was better than great. Like, I, I mean, that was phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Even the way he, uh, uh, some of his performances and nuance definitely, um, you know, it, I, I felt a lot of Arthur Harrow too from Moon Knight. Yeah. Um, a little bit, you know, his last project that he was in, um, since seeing this movie. And I just think that like, he does, he does this character so well, as far as like the creepiness and the kind of the subtlety, the fake, the fake kind of kindness, like the way he, the way he lures in our, uh, our main character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Reminded me of it kind of a little bit too, with the, with the black balloon and everything like that. It definitely does kind of remind me. got a girl riding down in her little yellow uh, raincoat (laughs) down the street. You'll float too. It's definitely a lot of, it's definitely is a lot of, a lot of like a lot of it symbolism and Stephen King kind of, yeah. You know, so I, I think I, I think that's kind of cool. Um, all right. So any uh negatives? I'll go to you, Alex. What was that negative you were like kind of? I guess it was. At? I guess it was more the supernatural element. I'm not. You know, I'm not against it being there. I just it just went unexplained for me. Where it was to the point where, how is this happening? You know. Um, and I was yeah, trying yeah. to I was trying to piece it together as the movie went on like i mean it made sense it was like okay like he's you know he's doing this with the black phone but there was never any explanation as to why that could happen and for the whole movie i just kept while i was piecing it together i said okay there's got to be an explanation here there's got to be an explanation here as to why this can happen and there wasn't and that just left me unfulfilled but other than that that's that's really it 
Larry, how about you? Did you have any uh did you have any sort of negatives with the movie at all? Yeah, I think that the script is okay for me. Mm-hmm. Uh I think a lot of the acting and the directing overcome an okay script because some of this dialogue I was like, mm. Oh, oh, right. Especially uh, from uh, James Ransone. <laughs> well, uh, another it uh, connection, yeah. James yeah. Ransone. Yeah. Um, and, and sinister. And sinister. Wasn't he the cop and in sinister? sinister. Uh, and sinister? There you go. Terrible. He's just, Terrible. you know. Uh, oh, I but, forgot about sinister, too. <laughs> yeah, no. mm, well, I try every chance I get to bring about sinister, too. Um, no, but I think some of the dialogue and then some of the uh, the plot as well, whether it's the supernatural or just not the kids' character decisions. Actually, yeah. I was like frustrated with Ethan Hawke's character decisions. <laughs> I was like, if you don't leave this glass bottle here for me to smack you upside your head and then stab you in the stomach, I don't know. But um, what you be doing on Jesus. your own time? <laughs> Larry, Larry's going to be a serial killer at some he point. Left, he left this glass <laughs> bottle in the room with a child, and I was like, kid, time to grab that bottle, what, and stab. I guess, like, I guess- I guess the other thing that kind of bothered me too, um, minor spoiler here. Um, I'm sorry. Um, but when uh, Finney like pulls the grate off the window and it makes that loud noise, I, I said to myself, how did Ethan Hawke not hear soundproof. that? Soundproof. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. They said it was soundproof. That's right. Yeah, yeah he soundproof. Initially, that that's thought right. went into my head too. Yeah. I was like, oh, he heard you. I'm like, oh, no, it's soundproof. That's yeah. right. I forgot it was soundproof. I, still think I do like stacked. the reaction though. Like the kid does give like kind of a oh shit reaction. Um, yeah, and yeah. it kind of makes you feel like that too for a second. But yeah, then you're like, oh yeah, it's soundproof. He's talking about you yeah. can do whatever you want. And I totally forgot about that. You. I do but, agree, yeah. Alex, about your stance on uh, like the supernatural elements of the movie. I feel like that could have been explained because yeah. did any uh, did any other kid like it? it they kind of alluded that Ethan Hawke and uh, and uh, and Finney had like some type of power. That they can only hear the phone. Yeah, yeah, like, that, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing because it was just like, yeah. oh, the phone doesn't work, but the phone kept ringing. So I was like, it, it, is this? Does it only work for Finny? You know? Because so, I don't know. I was. I don't know. They tried yeah. to tie it in with like the mom, but when they added in the Ethan Hawk character, that's where it gets muddled because the mom had some sort of psychic powers. Yeah. Yeah. So the yeah. daughter does. And then the boy does too. His just kind of manifested in the phone is kind of how I interpreted that. But okay, why okay. Ethan Hawk? So, okay. Yeah. yeah I, guess I can't wait to, uh, a lot of sense, I guess I can't. Well, cause Ethan Hawk was, he was saying a lot of the times that, Oh, it doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I I guess it did work when it came to when it came to the character because maybe he had like a little bit of the psych the psychic stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys. There's a lot. There's I saw a, a lot of comments of people. Well, let me go into my negative my, my negative first. It's, it's a it's a kind of spoiler, but it's not really. So when the movie starts, they they're kind of setting up the uh, you know setting up the plot a little bit where like you see these scenes of like kids getting taken. But they not, but they don't. They don't show the taking, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean. Like they just kind of the screen yeah. kind of faded black every. Yeah, or, time. or there's like a newspaper clipping. Yeah, and I would have rather at least seeing one of those just to kind of like put more of a more like more of a uh, 
a stance on how intimidating this character is as yeah, far as the grabber. I can, I it's a great name, that, yeah. by the way, too. I know. The grabber. <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah, that was one thing where I was like, oh, I wish I could like, especially with the the dude from the baseball game. I was like, oh, cool. That would that would have been like a cool kind of scene to start off the movie. But the main grabbing scene that we do have is is for the is for the main character, I guess. So yeah, um, they kind of try to retroactively show the other ones, but yeah. Um, Oh, I forgot. One other thing I had was mm-hmm. with the script as well. There's this home storyline yeah. that I think oh, is yeah. resolved way too easily at the end. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go into too much spoilers there, Yep. Mm-hmm. but it felt unearned. Uh, to be honest, they could have done a good job. Like they started to do a good job of juxtaposing the horror of their home life versus the horror of this man. Right. right. Um, and these poor kids just had no safety. Uh, but uh, yeah, they just don't develop it enough. And part of that is because, you know, uh, our main character doesn't spend that much time at home uh, through most of the movie, <laughs> but his little sister does. Um, and I don't think they really reconcile the home life stuff to get us to where it's supposed to go. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, oh, but that scene, I know Dwayne was shook when that little girl was screaming in the kitchen. That's what I was going to bring up. <laughs> I saw a couple of comments of people leaving during that scene somebody um, shit their pants right oh, no. oh god <laughs> anyway um yeah i saw that comment of people leaving during that scene i thought the scene i'm, I'm glad i didn't watch it in adobe theater because but like the my theater was generally still pretty loud yeah mine was too it. I, it was really hard to listen to you know mm, especially yeah. because the, the madeline mcgraw she's so good yeah. and she's doing a great performance and stuff too but it was really really hard to watch that scene a little bit but you know you have to get over i guess the child abuse aspect of these two characters and yeah. i thought their relationship the brother and the sister was really really good um and then and then of, of course when you get into like how the movie resolves like it's it, it did feel a little satisfying to me i do get what you're saying larry as far as like the home life stuff but um i do i did love that relationship between them two and how the sister became the one on the search for her brother and you know trying to use that power mm. to find him i thought that was all really good and the way the way they kind of intertwined the scenes of like her visions into like real life was really cool yeah. as well so uh yeah, I think I think all of that stuff was pretty solid. Um, there, you had any other dislikes or anything? No, I just I yeah that scene alone, I was like, oh my gosh, this little yeah. girl, uh, she's got the range. She's been making yeah, me laugh got- this whole movie, but whoo, she, I mean, she's got some chops to her, I think. <laughs> so, um, I hope to see her do more things because I think she was great. I think Mason gives a much more restrained performance, but also a really fantastic performance. Honestly, these are like two of the best child performances I've seen in years. Yeah, it's been a long time, yeah. These kids are really, really good in this movie. And they hold their own against Ethan Hawke, who's giving a fantastic performance himself. So like mega weight, and they're holding their own opposite that. So it's... that, it's impressive. That's the thing. Like, I feel like even if Ethan Hawke was still as good as he was, but the kids weren't good, like it, mm-hmm. the movie wouldn't be anywhere near as good. I, I think the last time I felt like, oh, this is really hard to watch because of a performance uh, regarding like the beginning of this movie was probably Doctor Sleep with the uh, oh, with yeah, Homeboy, yeah, yeah. Homeboy in the uh, the oh, part. Jacob you know, the, Tremblay. Yeah, Jacob yeah. Tremblay, his performance, yeah. like in that yeah. scene where he's getting 
that like they, he he's really good in that scene. That's kind of what the beginning, uh, the early abuse scene for Madeline McGraw reminded me yeah. of. Like she was yeah. so good to the point where like where you think that it's it feels very much real. Like it's oh this is like I can't watch this you know but so I can definitely understand that people getting people some people getting too like too kind of scared of something like that not scared yeah you know? yeah um, yeah the, exactly yeah the the, the 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 comments of like the movie being too scary I mean come on it was, wasn't that scary I mean it was more it was creepy but it wasn't yeah scary. it was it was creepy and I jumped a couple times but I didn't shit my pants or anything Ooh, I will say I okay so. Uh, jump scares usually. I'm not too jumpy of a person. There was there one is scene a jump scare. There was one. Got yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah. it was a complete surprise. It I think, got me. I think. It, it, I think. <laughs> I think that scene got all of us. Is I'm it, like, oh is shit. Is it the one with the? Uh, is it the one where home home like our somebody's on a bike? Was it that one? Is it that one? Mary? Don't, why are you asking me specific shit? <laughs> I'm trying to ask. Is that the one? I, I, I think that's. I think that's that's the, that's the one. That, I'm, that's the one that. I'm yeah, I think I that's know. the one that got me. And then there was another one that got me. I, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it was that one. It was that one. So what you think? For sure, that one. It's already making money. It's already over. You know, it's already went past. Oh yeah, budget. it's doing really well. We yeah. How you money. feel? You think they're gonna go sequel route? I hope not because when Blumhouse does sequels, they just they don't they're not good. Sinister like, two, yeah, they did sinister. They did sinister one. Sinister two. Scott Derrickson was not a part of it. They just did it because why not? And yeah. it was absolute monstrosity. So I just I, think I rather they might not. do that again. I feel like yeah. he won't do another another one. Scott Derrickson, which is why I'm surprised he went back to Blumhouse. You right. know, after like. That whole Sinister 2 fiasco, because he did not want to do a Sinister 2. Right. And they were like, mm, we're going to do it. And then they did it, and it was it was terrible. Right. Was terrible. What you think? <laughs> we're going to have uh, Gwen going full Lorraine Warren? And, oh, because and that, will, that will make me... Uh, when, when they turned... <laughs> When they turn Lorraine Warren into an MCU superhero <laughs> in The Conjuring 3, oh, like, I was God. done. I Dude, was absolutely done. PTSD from The Conjuring 3. <laughs> Gwen going to be the next Lorraine. <laughs> I was so done. I think I said that in the review. I'm like, they made her like a, she's Scarlet Witch I or something. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Yep. I, I, I don't think fun. I've gone back to watch The Conjuring 3 since. Oh, I am not going to anyway um <laughs> so that is it i mean i guess that's that's all we got here for our review for the black phone everyone i'll give everyone any final thoughts i'll start with you uh alex any final thoughts on the black phone yeah really liked it um just despite that supernatural element issue that i had i thought that this was a really atmospheric tension-filled horror movie that delivered on a couple of jump scares it was creepy the performances were great. Uh, all around, just a, a fun, fun movie. All right. And uh, Larry, how about you? Any uh, final thoughts on the Black Phone? Yeah, of course, it's been delayed mostly due to COVID. So mm-hmm. we've had a lot of time to anticipate this film. But even after seeing the trailer about 100 million times at this point, yeah, I was still <laughs> hyped for the movie. I was still really looking forward to it. And I'm so glad it didn't disappoint and even possibly exceeded my expectation going in. It is in my top 10 for the year so far. I really had a good time with it. And I'm just, I'm glad to see original horror that lives up and delivers. Yeah. And gets the, and gets like them, get some money, you know, exactly. 
I'm really happy that I did well because I was nervous. We didn't do a box office show last week, but I was very nervous about it going up against all these. These like the box office these past couple of weeks have been insane. So I was worried about it going up against all these heavy hitters, but it still made over twenty million dollars. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm super happy about that. But um, all right, everyone. My final thoughts is to go see it. Is it? Yeah, yeah that is our review <laughs> for sweet. the Black Phone. Thank you guys all for listening. I'll go around on call, get everyone's social media. So I'll start with you, Alex. Uh, you can find me at my official website, alexmaddenmovies.mystrikingly.com, on my social media links, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, uh, Facebook, OnlyFans. Just kidding. Um, Jeez. Are, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> uh, they're all there uh, for you guys to enjoy. All right, and Larry. Yeah, you can find me over at ChiliBoyYT on Twitter and Boy Productions over on YouTube and Instagram. All right, everyone, you can follow me on Twitter um, at Cinematic94. You can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cinemania World. Larry and I will be back soon to do a long overdue box office show, so stay tuned for that. Thank you guys for joining us. My name is Dwayne. That was Alex, and that was Larry. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.